Last week on Let's Talk Supply Chain, I was joined by Eric from Orderful, and we talked all about the amazing things that they are doing in supply chain, how they can help you, what their ideal client looks like, and you're going to want to tune in because you really want to find out exactly what they're doing because they are taking a very unique approach for some of your supply chain challenges. So it was a great episode. I hope you enjoyed it if you listened to it. But if you missed it, don't worry. You can catch up over on letstalksupplychain.com under Let's Talk Supply Chain under Listen or on our Let's Talk Supply Chain YouTube channel or anywhere else that you subscribe to the show. It was episode 281. Let's Talk Supply Chain is not your average supply chain podcast. We feature not just the top of the industry, but also diverse voices from within the community, new innovations, and the disruptors making waves in the industry. Don't listen to the same old, same old. Be sparked by new ideas and fresh perspectives only on Let's Talk Supply Chain. And now a word from our sponsor. It's time to take control over your supply chain with Cavallo. Cavallo is a distribution management solutions provider founded by an experienced distributor who spent two decades perfecting and optimizing Cavallo's high-powered user-friendly software. Cavallo offers the ability to have complete control of your process with automated workflows that offer business rules and alert logic that will streamline your distribution operations. Leverage Cavallo's state-of-the-art business intelligent platform that provides real-time intelligence of your customers' orders, alerting you if they are out of compliance or even better, bringing awareness to areas in your business that are driving exceptional value. With a data-driven approach to supply chain management, Cavallo enables a network of cloud, on-prem, and integrated solutions that offer a path to excellence no matter where you are in your technical journey. For more information on how to accelerate growth with Cavallo's business intelligent platform and its game-changing distribution management software, visit Cavallo, C-A-V-A-L-L-O.com today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. We are in well into August, and we are coming up to September, which is one of my busiest travel months, and I hope you have been enjoying the summer. Make sure to take advantage of the last few weeks that we have and enjoy. So today, I'm joined by a company that is on a mission to drive efficiency in every stage of the distribution process. Can you guess who it is? Well, I'll reveal it after after the poll of the week. So the question that we asked you, what's the best email sign-off? We had 751 votes. 48% of you said thanks. 22% of you said best wishes and warmest regards. 15% of you said sincerely. And 16% of you said comment below. Now, if you've ever gotten a message from me or maybe an email from me, you know that I use two-hour success. I'm kind of known for it. And that's the one that I love to use. Jonathan says, I generally don't trust anyone that signs off their emails with cheers. Felipe says, best regards. Selena, because she works with books, she says, happy reading. I love it. Marianne, 
I use continued success. I really like that one too. And Audrea, kind regards. Molly says, um, take care and be well. I like that one. Simon says, regards, almost always. Um, Mary Hart says, I typically go with all the best or thanks. And uh, Tom likes to keep it simple and uses thanks and sometimes regards. Rhonda, of course, uses best in health. I love that. And it goes exactly with what she does. So it makes complete, complete sense. Lorena says, thanks, but it depends on the relationship or purpose of the email. Carrie Jean says, I'm a fan of happy blank. So you can say insert day here or thanks for your time. I love all of these responses. Now there's a ton more because we had like 48 comments on this. Um, And so if you want to go and check it out, it was the uh, poll that we ran on July, the last week of July, the last Wednesday of July. So go and check that out. And thank you to everybody who participated in our poll of the week. We love having you back. We ask a question every single Wednesday morning. So we'll see you on the next one. Now back to today's podcast and which powerhouse software company is joining me today? Well, it's Cavallo. Brought to you by the designers of SalesPad, Cavallo offers distribution management software with all the power of an ERP solution. And all the functionality of the industry's best and biggest tech powers with none of the bottlenecks, frustrating interface, or difficult to access data. Founded by experienced distributors and perfected over two decades spent optimizing distribution supply chains, no company is better positioned to guide your growth. Today, Alex, Senior Product Manager at Cavallo, joins me to chat all about the company, what they do, the power to be found in putting a focus on innovation, data, and visibility, and their commitment to people and community. But before we dive in, let's find out a little bit more about Alex. Alex leads product and market research at Cavallo and has over 10 years of experience building and designing software products for businesses trying to solve hard problems. So welcome to the show, Alex. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. I am excited to have you with me today. I mean, Cavallo says that distribution is literally in its DNA, and that really resonates with me. I always say that supply chain is in my blood, and I love to have conversations with people who are as passionate about the industry and as dedicated to it as I am. And so it's really exciting. I'm looking forward to finding out more and sharing with our listeners today about who you are, what you do, how you help your customers. I mean, there's so much to talk about. So let's just dive right in. But before we get into where Cavallo is right now, I just want to talk a little bit about the history and the journey that the company has been on. Mm -hmm. So it was established as SalesPad back in uh, 2008 after Pete Erdley, the founder, became frustrated by the limitations of the technology he was working with. Mm -hmm. So what was it that Pete saw that made him decide to do something about it? And how did SalesPad become Cavallo? Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's a great, it's a great starting spot. So um, one of the things that, you know, Pete's organization is a distribution organization. He sold physical goods from a warehouse to his customers and, and really kind of the, uh, you know, the B2B space. So primarily looking at other organizations that are trying to sell products, you know, to to other just organizations. So um, he had an ERP system, Microsoft Dynamics GP. Okay. Um, and when you look at ERP systems, they're really good 
making sure that you kind of follow all the rules, right? So you're keeping your general ledger accurate, you're keeping your subledgers accurate. And at the end of the day, you can confidently say, hey, I'm Uncle Sam, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, right? right. Uh, that's their job is like making sure that you're compliant. And so um, ERPs are often forced to solve a lot of different problems. And kind of as a result, they're not able to be excellent at a few, you know, like a few key things. They're excellent at financials. And so they're, they're really powerful to, to build off of. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of as a foundation, but they miss many of the things that really differentiate a business, like helping you manage your customer relationships. Um, you don't really have a kind of a central understanding of your order statuses, um, being able to automate overly manual and error-prone processes, things like that are, yeah. are really kind of struggling if you are just solely relying on your ERP system. And so he he built a, a custom application. He's, he was like, all right, I've had enough. I'm going to go try and build a, a custom application like any good business leader does, just trying mm-hmm. to solve problems ultimately. And yep. um, he built that out and he had, a, he had a few people try it out and it grew and grew and grew from there kind of organically. And nice. people were like, well, I, I think we've got a business here. Um, and so just kind of as it grew, we, we kind of recognized that, you know, our organization outgrew the, the sales pet name a bit. Yeah. Um, as it didn't really represent all of what we were doing, you know, think about exclusively sales and then you add the pad at the end of it. Um, People were like, all right, well, what do you do? Are you, are you a sales exclusive tool? And really what we were is kind of an, an automation focused organization that's trying to, you know, make processes go a lot smoother, um, move things through the process in a way that, you know, helps everybody in the organization do what they need to do. So, um, but yeah, that's a little bit of a uh, little bit of our history. I love that history, and you talk a lot about bringing relationships together as a part of that automation, and just automating um, and solving business problems, right? And that's yeah. where all really great businesses start. And so I appreciate you running us through that history because I love a good story. Yeah. What is it then that Cavallo does, and how do you help your customers? Yeah, good question. So. We typically break it up into kind of like a pyramid structure where, you know, as, as we've been talking about, the ERP is really kind of the base. That's the the foundation of your business. It has a lot of the data um, that we can really take full advantage of using kind of a, the rest of our capabilities. Um, and so that's kind of the foundation that we pretty much always build off of. Okay. And then from there, we kind of have user-friendly productivity tools. So when we think about... You know, if you're a CSR or customer service rep at a at a distribution organization, you know, what are you doing on a day to day basis? You're getting POs from your customers. You're getting uh, you're getting questions about landed costs. You're getting weird questions about all sorts of different things and and really trying to answer questions with accuracy so that you can speak articulately to your customers and keep them happy. Um, And if you are a, uh, if you're a sales rep and you're forced to, you know, look at underlying financials to be able to answer some of those questions, it's really, really challenging. And so we surface that information in kind of a, an intuitive way and just aggregate information in the right place at the right time. Um, and so that's kind of the second layer that, you know, those user productivity tools. And then really the, the next layer on this pyramid is, is automations. So being able to design a process and, you know, curate a process. Um, what happens so often is that organizations design a process. And then from there, um, it's the exact same process for the next decade. 
right? Right. Um, and so people don't actually <laughs> fix it. They're like, well, this is what we've always done. And so we wanted to build something that made it so that they could iteratively improve um, with, uh, you know, tools like ours. And so um, that's kind of that next layer of just being able to design that process, iteratively, iteratively improve. And then, all right, you have all of this data. Um, you know, your process data, customer data, how do we start to digest all of that information and, and really yeah. kind of surface it in a, in a hyper-intuitive way? And, and we have a lot of different app, uh, analytics applications that are focused on, you know, process analytics is kind of where we've started for that too, is if we talk about all these, these workflow automations, really analyzing those, you mm -hmm. know, how are they, those performing? Are they performing well? Are they performing poorly? So right. you can like a really good example is like if you're, you know, trying to, you know, uh, move move product out of your warehouse um, and you're trying to evaluate your picking speed, um, you know, you could look at one person that's trying to pick product and another person that's trying to pick product and say, OK, they this person takes an hour to pick the product. This person takes 10 minutes. But then right. you realize the person picking the for an hour, like it, they're picking a fridge. Right. And the person that takes 10 minutes is picking a, a toothpick or something. Right. And so making sure that we're giving context to all of the processes is something that we do really well, too. So, well, and that's amazing. I mean, that's definitely what we need to, on uh, the distribution side. I mean, especially as yeah. e-commerce ramps up. Right. It's all yeah. like and then you've got the Amazon effect. Right. And it's all going to have an effect on how efficient we are, not only mm -hmm. as people, but as warehouses, as getting the product out to the customer and the customer experience that they get from those deliveries and how fast they get their product and things like that actually make the difference of whether they come back to purchase. Yeah. And so the things that you're talking about are really important, but the piece that I like the most is around context, mm -hmm. right? Is it's that context piece. You're right. If somebody is picking a refrigerator over a toothpick, I mean, those are two very different scenarios. And in order for us to be able to use that data and create those efficiencies and those workflows, the processes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you need, ha you need to have all the information to make those right decisions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so one of the things that we do with our with with a workflow engine is is a, a lot of those context settings, right? So if you you can build out really intuitive logic that says, all right, you know, if this document is from a specific customer and mm -hmm. it's over a thousand dollars, or if it's over ten thousand dollars, depending on your business model, right? Like you may want to triage that order and do something special with it um, based off of kind of the context that you've given and the context and the priority that you've set as an organization. Right. Um, and so you can do that as well. And then um, kind of back to Pete, one of the things that he did was like, all right, he was finding that he was letting margin out, go out the door for unimportant customers. It wasn't a loss leader product or anything like that. It was just, he's flat out letting margin go out. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we put in a business rule that says, okay, don't do that if these conditions are true, right? Like don't give away margin if we don't think it's going to lead to further sales down the road. Right. Um, and oftentimes that's just really hard to do. So, 
It absolutely, absolutely is. And so you've got a few core solutions that mm -hmm. I'd like to sort of introduce and talk about today so that the audience can really get an understanding of, of what you uh, can do for them. Yeah. So let's start with Distribution Cloud. You say it's built by distributors for distributors. Mm -hmm. So it's really addressing those deep industry issues. Talk us through that. What does it do? How does it work? What can the customer do inside the solution? And what are some of those benefits? Yeah, good good question. So, you know, there's there's really just a, a few core components to distribution cloud. One is is really mission control, which is really kind of the the home of the business, right? There, um, the the reason we called it mission control is we saw some pictures, you know, of like the the people at NASA like viewing the status of their business, and you get a you can see all of the things happening for a specific you know okay. space journey, right? And, gotcha. um, and really, that was kind of our goal is having uh, a place for, you know, all of your documents to live. And so, um, so like I have kids and I can, I can walk into my kid's room and I'm not going to have any idea where any of anything is. Right. And then they walk into their room and, and I'm asking them to find one thing and they can find it in a random corner and um, right. they're good to go. Uh, that same basic concept happens in distribution, right? So if you've got uh, somebody in, um, you know, that's getting ready to pick a document, um, we've got an order, it's coming through, I'm ready to, we're ready to ship it out. Um, the warehouse person knows exactly what they need to do. Um, but what about the people that are before or after that step in the process? Are you okay for the people after it? Or do you know, you know, when a document or when a customer is ready to be fully invoiced? Um, maybe, maybe not. If you're a sales rep and a customer calls you and says, Hey, uh, what's the status of my order? Um, well, we received your order, um, but that's not often good enough, right? Like you right. back to your point about like having, being able to provide an excellent customer experience. It's, mm -hmm. it's having that context, knowing where things are. And so that's really the goal of mission control is to help the organization have a single source of truth for the status of documents. How are they fulfilling and how are things going? And then there's the underlying workflow engine that's kind of all behind that, that powers that, that says, okay, you know, where should orders go and why should they go there? Um, so if it's an important customer, back to that example, or if it's, if the order has certain product on it, or if it's, if it's, you're going to actually use a 3PL to send it out, right? Well then let's actually, you know, make sure that gets sent automatically. And there's all sorts of manual tasks that could be happening in there, like email the order confirmation, email, right. um, email the invoice that really could be automated and should be automated by systems um, that a lot of people just aren't doing quite yet. Um, and so we can we can do that and automate all of those processes. That's that no code workflow engine that's kind of underneath all of the base of mission control, mm -hmm. um, but still like uh, exception ha exception handling too, right? So yeah. you may just want to automatically invoice somebody, but you may like want to use that as a potential touch point opportunity for your sales team. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, if it's, if there's a certain sales rep associated to that document, you can write rules that say, okay, let's actually, um, you know, the document's more than $10,000. I want to have my sales rep give a hot, give them really a high touch, a kind of a personalized experience for that. Mm -hmm. You could design a process around that. Um, and so what we, what we see happening 
a lot then are, you know, really with mission control, because everybody has kind of clear accountability for what they should do is, mm-hmm. um, you know, dramatically reducing the cycle time, right? Like the time it gets to you to, or it takes you to move product out the door, um, sales per employee, um, because people can, uh, you, you're not kind of trying to chase down answers to questions. You right. can uh, go back to selling. Um, and so yeah. that's kind of the, the, the base of what, of what uh, distribution cloud does. Yeah. And you're bringing everybody together. That's what I like. Like I, I talk about how collaboration is the future of business. And so mm-hmm. what you're doing is you're tying in all the different departments within that particular organization and bringing them in at certain points, right? You're using your tool or companies and your customers are using that tool to bring everybody in at the moments that are going to make the difference to the, the business's bottom line. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. Which um, I really, really appreciate. And I think yeah. it's great. So, you know, the customer has all the all of the information, right? Which is what you were just talking about. They have everything they need in the distribution cloud platform. Then it ties into the analytics cloud p- platform, which is what you had mentioned earlier. Now that, from what I understand, allows them to take actionable intelligence and insights to help optimize that process ongoing, right? So talk to us about this solution and how it helps your customers as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I've, I've been talking about the workflow stuff a lot, right? You, yeah. you design a process, you, you say, this is what should happen. This is the context. This is why it should happen. And you, you, you design that process and you've put a ton of, you know, uh, of thought into, all right, this is the most effective process for my organization. Um, but from there, um, you're still going to en- inevitably run into scenarios where you have bottlenecks or issues where, okay, a document is stuck in picking. Um, why is it stuck in picking? Mm-hmm. Um, Analytics Cloud is really intended to kind of tell that story um, with ultimately next level context as far as, okay, um, you know, we know that these documents um, typically spend about an hour in my picking queue or within an hour in my process, um, or maybe it's a manager review, right? My manager has to typically mm-hmm. go ahead and approve documents that are above $10,000. Um, and so you get all of this information and you can see that that's happening, but what should you what should you do about it? And so what, what Analytics Cloud is really starts to dissect it, set, set benchmarks so you can figure out, all right, has this document been, you know, within okay. this process for too long? Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe not. Back to kind of the fridge example, right? Okay. Like you could say, okay, it's been in picking for, for 30 minutes. I'm looking pretty good so far, right? I, I don't have a big issue with that. But, you know, if it's just a, a little pen or something, well, maybe you have issues with that. It shouldn't take an hour to pick a pen. And so this surfaces this information. Mm-hmm. Um, and but that might be a really good spot to start. Uh, now, you still have to remember to come to Analytics Cloud. And so what we do is say, all right, uh, how do we turn this into a, all right, Alex has to go remember to check out all of this information into kind of a more active tool and less of a passive tool. And so we right. we have kind of a dynamic alert engine on top of that that Love allows it. you to like, all right, proactively, okay, this this condition has been met. Mm-hmm. send Alex a notification, right? All right, it's been in there for an hour. Alex should be notified of that. But now that it's been there for two hours, let's go ahead and tell Sarah that the document's been in there for two hours. And so you can escalate it, right? And say, okay, all right, I think this is an issue. Maybe, maybe not. 
Um, and it really just kind of dissects all of that information and makes it really, really accessible. Um, well, and I almost think about, you know, you were saying that you might need a signature over a certain amount of um, like a certain dollar amount or something like yeah. that. And so it sends the document to them. And if they haven't signed it, instead of you being like, hello, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. it's kind of like, ping. <laughs> Exactly. It does it for you. So then you don't have to worry about it or have to remember to remind somebody about it. It reminds that person for you. And I think it also takes that uncomfortableness out of really having to chase somebody for something too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like the, like if a bunch of our customers set up like uh sales rep alerts, you know, so like uh, a document has been in, a document has been in my warehouse. Like, let's say, all right, the sales rep did the job. They mm -hmm. sold it. Things are looking good good it gets into the warehouse but it's been in the warehouse for three days um and so what we do is send out an alert to the sales rep um to say hey this document has been in three days you, from there right there's a lot of different things you could do you could go yeah. talk to the customer you mm -hmm. could go talk to the warehouse manager and say hey what's up why is this document why is this order sitting here for so long and so that the proactive alerts engine it's been it's been cool to see how people have been using it yeah and instead of you know like a week later the customer coming and being like, where is it? If that's the case, yep. you know, you can do that in a, in a smaller amount of time. And that's where really a lot of the values, the value in this lies, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, businesses are generating data left, right, and center, but often the lack of capability to understand it, translate it into something that they can actually use, right? That's yeah. that's where um, I think a lot of the hiccups lie. So do you think there's been a shift in the last couple of years from a focus on big data and com complex solutions to a preference on sort of stripping things back to easy, simple processes with a focus much more on the power of visibility, you know, the power of that pinging, the power of that proactiveness. What, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, you know, like you can, one of the things that, you know, is, is often a struggle for business leaders is just being able to turn data, right? Like, so it's, it's not that hard to just like go get data, right. um, but so like you can, <laughs> yeah, there's there's a tremendous amount of data out there for businesses, and they mm -hmm. often recognize that. But okay, what do you do with it? Um, you know, you often have to hire a data analyst, or you have to hire somebody that's an expert in, mm -hmm. um, you know, yeah, being able to move data from one tool to another. And you're not often getting kind of real time information. And I think you see this in in you know the B two C space and in the B two B space, where like people just want really accessible information and like yeah. i can think like on on sunday like sometime on sunday morning my watch uh you know, like shames me about how much screen time i've had uh <laughs> and like you know like imagine if i wanted to evaluate like how much screen time i have had on my phone like it would yeah. take me where you spend I the mean, most time you know yeah, maybe candy crush i don't know ex exactly so like it would take me forever to like figure out all right i'm investing a ton of my like personal time in in this specific thing do i want to do that but no now my watch just tells me like hey stop doing that as much so um yeah. you know that same thing happens you know for 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 distribution like are you you have a limited amount of resources are, are, you know, are you spending your time where it, it, it makes a difference? Mm -hmm. um, and I, I don't think uh, organizations are doing that as, as much as they should. Um, or, you know, when they are doing it, they kind of take a kind of a baby step into it. Just say, all right, uh, you know, 
let's start with a small thing. And I think that makes sense. Like, let's start with a small problem and scale it from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that's kind of where they stop. They don't start to further enhance their business with, you know, additional kind of analytics tools. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, right. I mean, we're so used to seeing things in our personal lives, going back to your example there with the phone and the screen time. I often use Uber, right. And being able to see where the driver is and things like that. We want to take the simplicity. We want to take the innovation. We want to take the tools that we're using on a day-to-day basis because we know that it's there. We know that it's possible, right? Mm -hmm. And bring it into our business and professional lives Um, because we know we've, we've seen the possibilities. And so we know it's there and it's just a matter of bringing it all together, figuring out what's going to work for the day-to-day, the business, the professional, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, and putting it into place. Yeah. Um, part of the dread around you know, new technology and bringing in a technology partner and things like that is also really around integration, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people are just sort of like, ooh, this is going to take months and I'm going to have to have so much resources. It's going to cost me a boatload of money. And so one of the questions that I love to ask, you know, companies like yours is what does the integration look like? How do you work with other systems? How long does the implementation, like Mm -hmm. how easy is it to get started with you? Oh yeah. So this is uh, this is an area where we spend a lot of time, kind of early on in researching as we were thinking about kind of our products. Like, how do we, you know, deliver time to value as fast as we possibly can? And um, you know, because we've talked about like switching ER, like ERPs. That's that's kind of the foundation, right? Like nobody likes to switch ERPs. It's right. it's kind of like like getting a root canal. You really only <laughs> do it if you if you have to, and if you're in right. in tremendous pain, right? And so. Um, it's it's a struggle and so people are staying on the you know kind of the same ERP for a really long time and so the question often becomes okay how can I get value in other ways um, you know what other tools can I use to kind of enhance this you know, this core application and so um, back to you know like as, as we are building this we're like all right how can we deliver this um, and so for, for each of our products it is it's a it's a 15 minute install for you know for distribution okay. cloud and for analytics cloud um we typically tell people though that it's going to be about a week um okay. of implementation <laughs> and the reason we say that is because you know for all of our onboardings we start with kind of a, a design process where like let's have that business conversation let's talk about your process and you know you know as you were talking about like we live and breathe distribution we know it really well and yeah. so we like to talk to customers talk to organizations and say okay this is a great way to do it. We've noticed other people do it this way. And then that way, you know, our customers can really start to define a really uh, interesting process that makes sense for them, but also right. takes, you know, best in class uh, ways of doing things from from other organizations. So we always start with the design process. And and that is that takes about a week, though, as just we we talk about saying, OK, let's let's what should we do? How do you want to design this? And then we also train. A little bit on kind of it's a no code solution so we we heavily believe that you should be able to improve from there um okay. yourself but it's it's helpful to just kind of get it get people rolling for in about a week right that's awesome a week is great i mean some of the technology partners that i'm talking to are you know months and yeah. you know i can only imagine the weight of that Right. On an organization and the supply chain professionals or even the business professional that brings 
um, a solution like this to the table. And then it's like, oh, no, it's going to take us a couple of months to get up and started. But yeah. you're saying that it's going to take a week, which is amazing. And I'm sure your customers absolutely love that. And because of that, you know, I want to change tracks a little bit. I want to talk about your ethos and your commitment to the community because I know that mm -hmm. it's important to you guys to make a positive impact. You're still very often... Um, connected to your roots. And I think when we talk about sustainability, organizations, you know, often forget that people are or should be a huge part of that responsibility. So talk to us a little about your ethos and your community or your commitment to that community. Yeah, totally. So, you know, we are absolutely a people first organization. Um, when we, you know, when I started with Cavallo a few years ago, you know, one of the big things that kind of attracted me to the organization was um, really the organization's, you know, like it, there's a lot of really intelligent people here. They're really smart, um, but small egos. Like we let good ideas, big ideas that are kind of like supported um, really kind of win. Um, and, you know, at the same time, what we can do is, is, um, you know, work together to, you know, solve really challenging problems. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, this is kind of more on the, you know, on the, on the actual software side, but, you know, there's a lot of really compelling problems that we as kind of as a society need to solve. And, yep. and a lot of those things, um, can fortunately be solved by software. And so it's, it's helpful to kind of recognize that if you look at distribution as a whole, like, um, there's a ton of things that we can improve, you know, we can improve people's quality of life with our software. Um, we can improve, you know, that's, this sounds kind of wild, but we can improve, like, you know, if you're a customer service rep, like you can imagine that if you are, you know, if you get all those hard questions, um like employee turnover goes down oftentimes if you like but if we like, right. we've seen it over and over like people like all right uh it's less miserable right because i can use your software and i can you know look smart in front of my customers and clients right. but um you know even above and beyond that we actually i uh i missed it we just had a blood drive which i love and then everybody that wanted to give blood uh got fed pizza um you know i love that type of thing too so it's yeah. um it's a, it's a cool organization for sure and really important sort of focusing on the shortages that are out there right now i mean there's shortages across all sort of industries including um, for blood. And yeah. so it's great to see that your organization and the people within your organization are coming together to be able to help, you know, not only solve the challenges through your technology, but solve the challenges through your commitment to the community as well. Yeah. So let's get into the juicy bits. I want to hear <laughs> about who your ideal customer is. So I'm in the audience. I'm listening to this conversation, really like what Cavallo is all about, but who am I, right? Am I a particular yeah. size, a certain industry? Am I distri distributing, you know, a certain volume? What does that look like? Yeah. Um, so, so I'm in product management and I could totally nerd out about like architecture <laughs> and talk about that for hours and go into like psychographics and technographics. I, I love talking about that type of stuff. Sometimes okay, people's so eyes, I, some so people's many, eyes glaze over. So if anybody in the audience <laughs> is about that, contact Alex outside yeah. of this episode. Right. And you 
be happy to talk to you about those things. Um, but yeah, really, um, we we see ourselves. We have a lot of different organizations, a lot of different verticals, with really a uh, a wide range in vol- like uh, order volume, right? So okay. we have uh, consumer packaged goods customer or, or customers that are you know sending out thousands and thousands of orders a day, mm-hmm. and then we've got small organizations that are doing like twenty orders a day. Um, and you know, what, what they typically have in common though, is, is a, is a, is a really complex process. So for, for a lot of our like organizations that are like, uh, B to B to C or that like, you know, they're selling to large box retailers, sorry, they have complexity with things like EDI. Okay. Like, you know, a a big box retail outlet wants to do business with me. They're forcing Mm -hmm. me to do EDI. Okay. There's a ton of nuance to to EDI and what that actually means and how to actually manage that entire process. And so we can help manage that process for those types of organizations. And then on the, on the lower volume side, you know, it's, it's organizations that have, you know, long cycle times, right? Like you got a, you get, you know, five orders a month, but each one of those orders is, you know, $200,000 or something. Right. right? Um, And so there's different things that need to happen there. You have, you know, lots of demand planning. You have to come up with a purchasing plan. All right. Do you have that inventory in stock for that size of order? Probably not. So now you're starting to deal with customers over or vendors overseas. Mm -hmm. What does that actually look like? How are you can communicating? How are you then sending information back uh, to your customers so you can ultimately deliver a better customer experience? And so the big thing that people have in common across these verticals, across size, is is really complex processes that need to be managed um, and improved on. So they've got longer than desired cycle times. Um, they have lack of visibility into kind of their their processes. Um, you know, historically we've done really well with organizations that are in like heavily regulated industries, right? So if you're if you're in food distribution, um, you know, you're having to keep track of like lot details, you know, or like right. all right, uh, now we're running into a whole another level of complexity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if you see margin kind of eroding from your business slowly um, or just frankly, like if you don't know what your margin is, um, you know, outside of a financial thing, like if you know it on a monthly on your P&L, OK, that's one thing. Right. Uh, but do you know what margin left uh, today? Um, those are the types of organizations that we can really, really help. Awesome. I love that. And then let's get into the case study, right? Because you've got a lot of exciting stories on your website to choose from, but can you bring one of those to life for us? So sort of paint us a picture of how you've worked with one of your customers. You know, what was the challenge they came to you with? Which solution were they working with you on? And what was the impact or ROI of that solution? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good one. So, you know, we we actually just did a, a site visit with um, with a customer in Ohio um, just a just a couple of months ago, and um, they had recently migrated from one ERP to Microsoft Dynamics Business Central, which is uh, Microsoft's kind of mid market ERP solution. It's it's mm-hmm. it's really powerful. It has you know really good bones, um, but. Yeah, the organization really needed help kind of understanding their entire process. So they were actually, we talked about uh, low volume. They are actually on the lower hand side because mm-hmm. they make, you know, custom equipment, custom parts for large manufacturers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they'll do big giant orders. And, you know, there was there was one order that they had where it was, 
uh, it was uh, it was like a two hundred thousand dollar order, a really sizable order, um, and they had to build the equipment for the customer, um, and so it took a really long time to you know build and fulfill and define everything, and so um, what actually needed to happen there, right? And so certain product you could you could ship out. Um, and so the scenario was, is they didn't really know fully what they could ship out at the end of the day. Um, so they had this big giant order with a bunch of different line items on it. Um, and really what that is, is if you don't know anything about it is, is just standing cash flow. Um, that's not generating revenue for your organization right. until you can ship it out and then you can invoice it. Right. And so they were missing real opportunities for improving cash flow, mm-hmm. capturing some of that revenue early. If you've got that really long cycle time you're basically investing a ton of your own resources without getting paid for a really long time. And so right. how do you invoice? How do you do partial invoicing? How do you, you know, figure out what you can and can't invoice? And then, you know, really uh, doing that in concert with your vendors mm-hmm. um, was really, really challenging for them. Um, and so we worked with them to kind of design this process um, that was ultimately meant to, um, you know, surface information so that their sales team could do, you know, exactly the status of orders so that they could know exactly what orders needed to be purchased and then what orders they could partially fulfill based off of, you know, what was in their warehouse already. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, they kind of came to us looking for a few of those different solutions. Um, and the other thing that they had was kind of a, a different business model kind of embedded into their, their core business, which was was kind of like repairing goods that would come in. And so what we found was that they didn't really have any visibility into how much repairs they had. So they had a they had a warehouse um, with a big, big shelves that had all of the repairs that they needed to do. Um, but we just kind of asked them bluntly, like, all right, how much money is sitting here? Um, and nobody knew. Um, and so basically what that is, is that's tons and tons of revenue that's sitting on shelves that people are ready for um people the customer wants it um but they're not going to pay until they actually get the finished good Mm -hmm. and so really we helped surface that information and that helped trigger changes within their business as well so that they could ultimately say okay maybe we need uh, uh somebody else to help with our repair business we think we can scale that and that was just uh something that was really intuitive and like intuitively surfaced right with mission control you could see all right there's exactly this amount of money sitting here Mm-hmm. Um, and they ended up shipping those products much, much faster. Amazing. Um, and then on the, on the, the distribution side of their business, not the repair side, um, you know, we saw them, you know, drastically kind of improve their cycle time. They got bus- uh, all of the orders out the door very, very quickly. Um, and they found that their customers were ultimately, um, purchasing more frequently from them. Nice. Uh, because they were able to buy, uh, you know, respond uh, exactly around the customer status. Again, if you can imagine that nine-month cycle, okay, there's a lot of touch points that need to happen in there, right? Yeah. Um, and so we helped them do that too. It was cool. Increased sales, increased cash flow. I mean, who does not want that for their <laughs> business, right? Yeah. I love that story. Thanks for sharing that. So yeah. finally then, what does the future hold for Cavallo and uh, maybe for the industry over the coming year? Yeah. Um, so super excited about where we're going. You know, what we, what we're focusing on, you know, right at this very moment is really kind of that, the, the, the standard sales documents, quotes, orders, invoice returns, right. And managing all of those, managing the process for those. Um, but you know, with our workflow engine, we have a, a ton of opportunity to scale 
uh, to workflow other things like uh, customers, for example. So like what you may want to be able to do is design a process for um, a specific, you know, uh, parameter that your customer falls into, right? So if it's a first-time customer and they buy from you, there's an onboarding experience. It might even want to be higher touch, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's opportunity for us to workflow that. And then there's um, using the power of the ERP and the power of our of our you know like analytics engine. What we can also do is this gets this gets real like data sciencey, but we can get okay. into things like RFM analysis, which is recency, frequency, and monetary analysis to mm-hmm. help segment your customers so that you can say, okay, this customer is churning, this customer is a loyal customer, this customer is um, you know high value, but always likes to you know cut me out from you know getting the margin I want um, and being able to use that then to drive action automatically. So if you've got a really high value customer that's um, ordering from you all the time, um, great, they're good. But if you've got a customer that was ordering from you five out of five times a month and then four out of five times a month and three out of five times a month, they're probably already churning. Um, And so we can help surface that information, plug them into a process within mission control and help prevent that customer from from churning. So um, that's not that's not there yet. But, you know, kind of where we're looking at going and super excited about some of the potential there for 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 the industry and for us. So. Yeah. yeah, so much to look forward to. And I'm excited to see where that goes. And I just, you know, love the ethos that you have at Cavallo, your genuine passion for improving the distribution industry, you know, really shines through and the dedication is clearly breeding just incredible results, not only for you as a company, but also for your customers. And I think it's a testament to what can really happen when you bring together innovative and creative people and put them in the right environment to foster collaboration and innovation. And I'm really looking forward to where that approach kind of takes you next. If you'd like to find out more, you can check them out at cavallo.com. That's C-A-V-A-L-L-O.com. And a massive thanks to Alex for joining me today and to the team at Cavallo for making this episode happen. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks for having me. What are your business's supply chain challenges? Too much inventory on hand? Too many disruptions and stockouts? Are there too many steps and touches involved? If you have a vision for improvement, Fastenal can tailor a solution to help you get there. From automated bins that monitor your inventory 24-7 to vending devices that let you control and track the products that keep your business running. Fastenal has the ability and experience to help your supply chain. Go to Fastenal.com forward slash LTSC to see how they do it. Fastenal, where industry meets innovation. If you enjoy the show, there's a few ways to support us. You can follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're also over on TikTok. Subscribe to Let's Talk Supply Chain on YouTube to make sure that you do not miss out on any of our shows. And subscribe to our newsletter over at letstalksupplychain.com. You can also find some really cool merch and purchase our exclusive supply chain dictionary in our shop at letstalksupplychain.com. And of course, connect with Ships. Ships is an intelligent marketplace connecting shippers with the world's best service providers and freight forwarders, 3PLs and NVOCCs communicate and share information throughout the quoting process while easily and securely 
pairing features value and prices. Save time, effort, and money as you book, track, and manage your freight shipments. Start your journey on ships, that's S-H-I-P-Z or Z.com today. And remember, if you want to be featured on an upcoming episode, feel free to rate and review the show over on Apple Podcasts. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.